next thing. And this is probably going to get me some heat. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay if you guys don't like me. I'm okay if people think my opinions are too controversial. I get it. Sometimes, sometimes my most pure intentions are just to represent the National Wrestling Alliance. Sometimes people don't respond to my truth as well as they respond to their truths. (laughs) Now, what does that mean? What am I getting at? Well, we just recently had a discussion on the NWA fam uh, you guys see that the NWA fam uh, discord it's actually last week and I I kind of I don't know I felt like maybe I offended a few people with my opinions I feel like maybe I I upset a few people because and and this is not a shot at those who love Nick Aldis because you know what he has done a fantastic job as world heavyweight champion in fact I like Nick Aldis in fact, I would say that Nick Aldis's first reign as NWA World's Champion was about as perfect as you could get. I don't think they took a single misstep. I don't think they messed up at all, actually. I think his first, uh, what was it, uh, from December 9th, 2017 to September 1st, 2018, I think everything that Nick Aldis touched turned to gold. Ten pounds of gold, if you will. Um, I really feel like uh, Nick Aldis represents the NWA very well. But there's a caveat to that. See, the NWA, what's hard to, to measure who's the best and who's the greatest in the NWA is that you have to remember that everything is on this, you know, this timeline. And things have changed drastically since 1948. And... 2020. I mean, there's so much that's that's changed and evolved where in the old days, you know, wrestling was high art for television. It was featured weekly, daily, well, in some areas. You know, there three or four times a week you could turn on wrestling and, and find it. And, of course, the, the TV shows were there uh, to essentially, back in those days, a lot of mom-and-pop television shops promoted wrestling events to sell the TVs because it was such a hot commodity. And again, that was in the era when things were worked and it was less, uh, less shooty. And, uh, you know, this was a, a time and place when wrestling fans, I mean, it was real. It was real to them. You know, we go all the way from, from Luthez, right. To Ric Flair, you know, we, that whole span, I mean, you could talk about like, well, what are the accomplishments of Gene Kaninsky versus the accomplishments of Dory Funk Jr. But I mean, these wrestlers kind of had that same, same area, same time frame. And I know that we're talking about a difference of 20 years here and 30 years here, but essentially wrestling was wrestling. You can catch it on TV. You can catch it at live events, but wrestling was wrestling. Times have changed since Rick's Ric Flair in, in, you know, 1986 times have changed since, uh, you know, 1994 when Shane Douglas threw the NWA world championship down to the floor. I mean, things have evolved and on this timeline, right? Where the NWA went from the largest wrestling governing body. And in some regards still was up until the last few years 
it recognized that world champion and had a a bevy of wrestling promotions to book that one champion. So you would see Ric Flair wrestle in Texas, wrestle in Georgia, wrestle in the Mid-Atlantic, wrestle in Japan because of the connections with, with All Japan Pro Wrestling or New Japan Pro Wrestling or whatever. And times have changed. So when Shane Douglas throws the title on the ground, I mean, that was probably the darkest days for the National Wrestling Alliance. World Championship matches were few and far between. Luckily, they they ran the other tournament, got Chris Candido at the championship who held it for a short time before losing it to Dan the Beast Severin. And Severin went on this huge run. But remember, his title matches were few and far in between. I mean, he, he was signed by the WWE, still working with the WWE, still doing mixed martial arts, whether it be UFC or other uh, mixed martial art promotions, all the while defending the 10 pounds of gold, whether it be in New Jersey for Dennis Carluzzo, uh, in the Orient, and I don't mean like uh, like Japan. I'm talking about Malaysia. Um, you know, he was out there defending that belt. So, again, what I'm talking around in circles here, but the point I'm trying to get is that the, the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, it kind of breaks down into eras. And if you're trying to tell me who the best champion of each era is, we kind of have to look at it in just one era, right? Because, I mean... Ric Flair's era is is very much different than Jeff Jarrett's era with with TNA wrestling. It's just different. You know, Ric Flair would wrestle 300 days out of the year. And although the majority of those matches were not televised, the title was on the line pretty much every town he stepped into. You know, Jeff Jarrett working for Impact, he had very few dates outside of that TNA television taping or weekly pay-per-view. And it was rare that the NWA world title would be defended outside of that environment. So we're going to talk post TNA. We're going to talk about, you know, after 2007, Bayman, Puerto Rico, September 1st, 2007, Scrap Iron, Adam Pierce. You know the guy. You know him. You know Scrap Iron, Adam Pierce. You know who that guy is. That guy. That guy, he wins the title. There's no major company backing his play. There's no uh, benefactor helping to get him from town to town. Every booking that Adam Pierce gets is a booking that Adam Pierce gets. Conversely, Nick Aldis is afforded the opportunity to come into the NWA when there's one owner. Not only one owner, but one wealthy owner. And we're talking about Billy Corgan. There's a big difference between Billy Corgan's Lightning Ones NWA versus the NWA Board of Directors Pro Wrestling Organization and that National Wrestling Alliance. Now, there are some similarities. Uh, There are some similarities. And I'm kind of getting distracted. Uh, It's a little too quiet in my space right now. So let me just, let me just go. Nick Aldis benefits greatly because of his relationship with Billy Corgan, but also the relationships that he made with other wrestling promoters. And we're talking about uh, Tommy Dreamer and the House of Hardcore. We're talking about his uh, relationship with Ring of Honor. You know, when 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 we look at Nick Aldis's first run, and again, like I said, that was near perfect. I don't think there was a single misstep. 
I can tell you right now that he defended the title 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26 times. Hey, Enrique, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for checking us out. And uh, thank you, Anderson Caesar. Thank you for checking us out. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. Really appreciate appreciate you guys joining the show and subscribing. Um, so we're talking about the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. We're talking about Nick Aldis's near-perfect first run, defending that title about 26 times in a span of roughly 10 months, not even a year. I mean, and that's commendable. And I mean, when you look at some of the, the, the level of competition that he faced and, and where he defended it, and he defended that title in 11 states. He defended it in three different countries, four different continents. I, I said three continents, four different continents, Australia, the UK, the United States, and of course, China. I was there. Um, you know, he faced, and I, again, I, I know some of these wrestlers names have uh, aged out of acceptance, but guys like David Starr, who was considered a big time uh, wrestler uh, when they faced off, uh, Sam Adonis, uh, Tommy Dreamer, who although passed his prime, still is kind of a draw on the independence. Uh, Mr. Anderson, Flip Gordon, uh, Jonah Rock, also known as WWE's Bronson Reed. I mean, these are some great wrestlers from all up and down, uh, all walks of life. Colt Cabana in China, of course, Lance Inouye in, in New York. But again, so many different title matches in the UK, different title matches all throughout the country. It's very impressive. But then I would argue that if you look at what Scrap Iron Adam Pierce did on his third reign, and really as I, I, I wrote this all up for the third reign, but I think his fourth reign would be a little bit more appropriate. Let me get to the fourth reign, and I hope you guys don't mind me reading from a computer screen. But on his fourth reign, Scrap Iron Adam Pierce defended the title 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26 times. A lot like Nick Aldis's first reign. And in fact, uh, you know, uh, Adam Pierce won the title on July 31st, 2011 at the Ohio State Fair by defeating Chance Prophet, Jimmy Rave, and Sean Tempers. At the time, Chance Prophet was the NWA National Champion. Sean Tempers was the NWA North American Champion. And uh, Jimmy Rave was a former NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion. Um, the names that he defeated along the way were Zach Salvation, Phil Shatter, Eric Watts, Jake, Jacus Pliskin, Dr. Cle uh, Cleaver, Danny Grinnell, Zach Zaber Jr., uh, Rash Brown, Vance Nevada, Eli Drake, uh, Kyle Matthews, Emil Stossel, B-Boy, Joey Ryan, took the title to Australia, defended it against TNT, Mike Peterson, um, had lots of matches in Canada, Mike, Mark Posey, Cahagas, uh, uh, and of course, ended up losing the title to Colt Boom Boom Cabana. So in that fourth reign, he traveled the same place or similar places to where Nick Aldis did. Obviously, Nick Aldis had more defenses in the United Kingdom and had that defense in China that, again, I don't think any NWA world champion will have an opportunity to do that again anytime soon. 
Uh, but Adam Pearce defended the title in Germany against Emil Stossel, who is one of the bigger names in that country. So, I mean, there are a lot of parallels there. And if you look at some of the names, I mean, Australia, he was there. Canada. Nick Aldis didn't make it to Canada in his first run, I don't believe. So, I don't think it's as cut cut and dry as people think uh, it is in terms of the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. I hear a lot of praise given to Nick Aldis. And like I said, that first title run was nearly perfect. Nearly perfect. But I just showed you that in Adam Pearce's fourth title run, it's very comparable in terms of dates and locations of where he defended. But if you want to look at his third title run, which I think had more notable opponents, more notable opponents. I mean, uh, his third run started on March 14th, 2010 and ended on March uh, 6, 2011. He, he defeated uh, Blue Demon Jr. and Phil Shatter, who is, uh, that would be WWE's uh, Jackson Riker. Uh, he defeated the likes of uh, Bam Neely, Kevin Martinson, Joey Ryan, Sean Waltman, Danny Duggan, Ryan Taylor, Brian Danielson. You guys might know him as Daniel Bryan. Uh, Shatter, Charlie Haas, Scorpio Sky, Danny Duggan, Flash Flanagan, uh, again, Colt Boom Boom Cabana, uh, former WCW standout, The Maestro. So, I mean, again, these are some great names that, that Pierce has faced too. I don't want to take away from Nick Aldis. I don't. But you can't tell me that his his run as world champion is so much superior to Adam Pierce's. In fact, since his second reign, Nick Aldis has defeated, you know, he, he, he's had some great matches too, but his, the amount of defenses dropped. The, the, where he's traveled to defend the title has dropped. Now, you know, he beat Cody on October the 21st, 2018. I was there. He, he would go to Maryland, fight uh, Brandon Scott again, uh, Jake Hager at the um, WrestleCade 2018. Um, Sean Blanchard, you guys don't even know who that is. Uh, defeating Brian Cage at House of Hardcore, that's a great victory for him. Defeats Tito, Bad Dude Tito in Hollywood, another good victory for him. Billy Gunn in Puerto Rico, again, good victory for him. Ricky Knight Jr. in the UK, another good win. Jimmy Havoc, um, James Storm at the pop-up event, PJ Black in Ring of Honor, Shane Strickland, that's a huge victory for him. Um, and then Marty Skrull. Uh, at the Crockett Cup, then he goes back to the UK for a few more matches, uh, back in the United States against Dirty Money, uh, and then NWA Power kicks off, and this is where things start to slow down. Uh, when NWA Power episode number one airs, he has, let me see, let me see, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine matches when NWA, since NWA Power started, he's defended the title nine times just surpassed a year and he's defended the title nine times now i know guys let me preface this by saying i know i know i know i know i know that nick aldis i know that nick aldis is champion in a in an un uh, an unequal time because we're going through a global pandemic there's never been a global pandemic when the nwa world championship has existed you know it formed in 1948 so it missed the initial the 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 uh spanish flu it missed world war ii but the nwa world title did survive things uh, uh 
global events, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, the Cold War, and with uh, with uh, Cuba, right, and Russia. Um, it survived, um, you know, September 11th. It survived a lot of big things since, and I know it, it's uncomparable, but you know, the the NWA World Champion has has basically been dormant since January to August of 2020 which could be expected, but then when August kicked off, we didn't see the return of the NWA World Heavyweight title right away. We've seen two defenses in August, since August. August 31st at the uh, against Nobi Bryant at the Richland Hills Expo. September 15th against Mike Bennett at Primetime Live. And we're exactly one month away from Nick Aldis's next title defense, which is gonna be at 127 Pro Wrestling in Grimsley, Tennessee against Brian Pillman Jr. I'm not here to talk garbage about Nick Aldis because, again, he's a great champion. As I will say it one more time, his first reign as world champion was impeccable. And it's not his fault that we've been going through a global pandemic. I mean, he had matches scheduled against Facade. He had matches scheduled against uh, 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 Carlito, Caribbean Cool in Puerto Rico, which would have been a pretty good match to see. And he had, I'm sure he had a few other matches. I mean, Marty Scroll was supposed to happen at Crockett Cup 2020. But where's the activity? There hasn't been. And that's what I'm afraid of. I, I feel like the NWA is starting to rest on its laurels. I feel like the world champion has been because I see the women's champion defended regularly not just on Primetime Live, where the title's been defended twice. Not just AEW, where the title's been defended, what, three times now? Three times? But then also in other wrestling promotions not affiliated with the NWA. Why can't that happen for Nick Aldis? So again, I don't want to put down... I'm not, I'm not putting down Nick Aldis because, again, I, I feel like he's a great champion. I feel when he's engaged... When the opportunity is, is present, he is a great asset. Um, you know, the way he heralded uh, the NWA power show was a lot like how Adam Pierce was the herald of the uh, championship wrestling from Hollywood television tapings. And before that, the NWA showcase. And I do feel like there is an opportunity that, uh, again, when the NWA does finally pivot and finally does get back into producing live television, uh, live television, live wrestling, I really feel like we're going to see the best Nick Aldis we can see. But for right now, I don't want to hear that comparison anymore that he's the, the greatest wrestler to hold that title in this modern era because he's not. He's not. And, you know, the film Rocky Balboa, the, the last installment of Balboa before it went to Creed, you know, there was a, a storyline in that movie that predicated that all the top boxing officials put Balboa over the current champion. And if that Balboa was in his prime, he would beat the current champion. And they even had a computer simulation to showcase just how much better Balboa was than the current champion, which got Balboa out of retirement. I wish, I wish somebody could do some sort of computer simulation to show you Scrap Iron Adam Pierce and Nick Aldis. And it doesn't even have to be in Adam Pierce's prime. It could be Adam Pierce today right now. I think if Adam Pierce were to step back into the ring for one last ride, 
against the national treasure, the the dealer, the real world's champion, I think number one, you would all watch it. You would all pay money to watch it. And I'm not talking $7.99 on Primetime Live. I'm talking you're gonna drop 30 bucks. 30 bucks to watch that matchup. And that match would get me more invested than anything Marty Skrull could ever bring to the table. So again, that's my tirade on that. Thank you guys for humoring me. I needed to get that off my chest. 